Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to remind everybody that A, this is coming out on YouTube now, which means if you're watching this, congratulations, you found the YouTube channel. If you're not and you would like to, I'm going to leave the link to the YouTube channel in the description of this episode on the podcast channel. If you would like to listen to the podcast, if you want to hear more of me, more than ever more than twice a month you can go into the description of the youtube video and you'll find the link to the podcast page where you can subscribe in wherever you get your podcast um i really always originally conceived of this thing as a podcast first not really doing video but i wanted to span the ways that you the viewer or listener or however you want to you the you the metaphysical cat person could experience me talking to you about cartoons on the internet specifically most times japanese cartoons on the internet so here we are um with that said i wanted to encourage you to go listen to the most recent episode of the podcast before this which is all about um mononogatari um, Malevolent Spirits, a show that just wrapped up, and if you want to continue on the train of shows that just wrapped up, you can listen to the week before that, which was all about High Card. Um, but with that said, I want to jump into what I want to talk about today, and that's a that's a weird thing that I started thinking about um, a while ago, and like it's always been in the back of my head, but it's never really... I never really felt the need to talk about it until just now. And that is, and you guys are going to kill me, the metaverse. And I know that lots of people throw around terms about what the metaverse is. Is it Fortnite? Is it, you know, VR chat? Is it whatever the hell Facebook and Horizon worlds are? But what I really want to talk about is I want to talk about a space next to react this is the way i think of the concept that i think of that especially things like vr chat and horizon worlds are trying to get at and vr chat has successfully done it in many ways and horizon world it's like the dead mall scenario that if you've ever um if you're familiar with um folding ideas over on his youtube channel he talks about the future being a dead mall that's very much what Horizon World feels like. It feels very sparse, very empty, very odd. VR chat in its VR chat in its like most perfect version is a crowded place full of people 
people are expressing themselves through their through digital versions of themselves through avatars and you encounter people all the time in in vr chat vr chat is a social experience it's a social space yes there are games you can play in vr chat but primarily it's a bunch of places to go hang out with people in vr in a virtual world and one of the reasons why i want to talk about this is because Lots of people have, lots of people and lots of companies have issues with how they conceive of this, but the anime world hasn't had those issues, really ever. If you look as far back as the most recent iteration, the I think it's the two, they call it the 2011 version of Hunter x Hunter, but even the early 90s version of Hunter x Hunter, I believe, got to Greed Island. The Greed Island arc conceptualizes a whole virtual world that they use for, to tell a story in that and you see that world existing alongside the real world and you see interplay there more recently we have stuff like isekai or most infamously for in if we're talking about the metaverse trapped in a trapped in an mmo style of what you would think of as isekai but really isn't but that's semantic. They, it functions the same way. And you see this in shows like um, Sword Art Online, SAO, or Log Horizon, which is the, infinite, which is the infinitely better thing that Sword Art Online kind of wants to be, but can't. For a handful of different reasons. And the two shows are really concerned with very different things, even if they do kind of sprout from the same core quote-unquote seed of an idea to borrow a term from sword online and if you look at the stuff sword on online has done since its first season since its first two seasons it's done much more expansive much more interesting much more odd things i'm not even talking about this sword online alicization although i think it's really hilarious that they got to a point where they've just written kirito out of the plot almost entirely. They put him in a coma and they put him over to the side. What that show's popularity allowed it to do is it allowed it to branch out into things like Dora Online Alternative, Gungale Online, which is its own weird, singular, contained story that never that never interacts with the the other than the um Gungale Online arc of sort of the original Sword Art Online never actually interact with the main story, as far as I'm aware. But what those shows and what Greed Island and what so many other anime do is they provide the platonic ideal of what the of what uh people like us, act, the actual quote-unquote consumers, would hope for from the metaverse. And actually, the best, best version of this is in a lot of Mamoru Hosoda stuff. He does a lot of thinking about the internet in a very specific, like, a space you in which you can exist ways. Um, if you've seen Bell, Bell is a version of a metaverse. If you've seen Summer Wars, Summer Wars, the, uh, I forget, um, the name of the metaverse in some wars oh uh, oz is a version of the metaverse and they're actually like if you look at so 
he has a weird Mamoru Hosoda thing. Like, in addition to him being a furry, he's obsessed with, like, the version of the metaverse that he's created first in Digimon, in the first Digimon movie that he directed, and then in the version that you see in Summer Wars, which is Oz, and then you could argue that, like, that version of the of the, the metaverse in Oz comes forward to Bell and becomes you, the, like, metaverse thing in um, Bell that allows the plot of that movie to really happen in the way that it does. But would all of those things cease to kind of, what most of these things actually cease to kind of get at is they cease to get at two core problems. The first core problem is, and Sword Online actually interestingly touches on this just enough to make a story happen, is the amount of stuff that it would take to make these things possible and the amount of um what's the best word for it the amount of corporate will that would have to be and corporate profit that would have to be in order to make these things possible and i know that seems odd in a way but think about it. The, the kind of server the metaverses that exist now, the like ones that are really quote unquote successful, if you if you look at them, are really three. There are really three in general. There is Fortnite, which people consider a metaverse, although it's that's debatable. There is Horizon World by Meta, which by the company Meta, which we're just gonna call Facebook by Facebook. And then there's VR chat. And on this scale, you have a whole scale of functionality. You have a whole scale of realism and a buy-in and all this stuff. So all the way to the most accessible end, we have um, Fortnite. Fortnite will run on your phone. You can sideload it on. You can wait to sideload it onto an iPhone, I believe, still. Like, if you have a phone, you can get into Fortnite. You can exist in Fortnite's like universe, but also you're greeted with a HUD when you first sign in. Like it, you're not just dropped into a world and left to walk around, and you have like a heads up display that shows up in essentially in front of your face. It's it's couched in the style of a video game of like of exactly that a video game because that's what that's what Epic originally did. That's what the designer that originally made it as. And that's what it's originally retained its shape as. And but the thing about Fortnite, which makes it truly possible, is the sheer amount of people playing it. You will never not find people playing Fortnite if you log on. There will always be people playing and enough people for you to jump into a match pretty quickly. By the way, personal awesome thing. I finally won a match of Fortnite. I'm an old man. That's cooler to me than it should be. But um, in any event, the that's the most accessible version of what we now have as a quote-unquote metaverse. The next most accessible version is Horizon Worlds. And the reason why that's the second most accessible version is, and also that's the version that right now in terms of like a metaverse conversation, um, I'm going to hate saying that word by the end of this, um, is everyone talking about because got the most 
it's got the most hype build up around it by its parent company, the thing that the people that make it, which is Facebook. And Facebook is hoping it can control the metaverse as a platform, basically. That's why it changed its name to Meta. So it can control, so it can essentially take 30% of all transactions that happen on it. That's the most, that's the second most accessible because currently you need a headset that ranges anywhere from $300 to $1,000, which considering that most people have a cell phone, then most, then lots of people could afford that headset. Now, the least accessible, however, Facebook's Horizon World has an abundance of issues, including like the weird no legs of it all, the like, very PC, super corporate, family-friendly environment that doesn't allow for a lot of experimentation or expression, any any of that stuff. The least accessible, and probably the second most successful after um, Fortnite in terms of these three, is, and we could talk about Decentral, like, I don't want to talk about Decentraland. If you want a whole, like, deep dive into Decentraland, I encourage you to go, and I'm going to link to it in the description of wherever you're listening to this or watching this, but Decentraland, like the best Decentraland breakdown I've seen is from um, Folding Ideas YouTube channel. So I'll link to that video in the description wherever you're experiencing this. But VRChat is the least accessible because it requires, because while you can access VRChat from uh, Oculus Quest or MetaQuest Pro, in order to get the full experience, in order to get the truly full experience, the truly unfiltered experience, what you would need is essentially a high-end headset and a high-end computer, and those things would cost you thousands of dollars. And that would also include you need all of that networked correctly, so you don't have drop, so you don't drop in and out. You you have a reliable internet connection. The requirements to achieve that are so much greater than. Many, many, then not no people have, but that many, many, many people who aren't already bought in in some way or who aren't predisposed to like this stuff wouldn't invest in. But once you get into that end of the metaverse, once you're, and I, I'm a user of VRChat, you, if you are, have a VRChat account, you want to come hang out, you want to find me, my name is actually... Anza001, which is, uh, or Anza1, Anza1, or Anzai, which is A-N-Z-A, and then the number one. So definitely go check check me out on VR chat and, you know, reach out and we can hang out. We can world hop, all that other fun stuff. But once you're in VR chat, what you notice is you notice an overwhelming presence of anime, anime culture, and lots of that has to do with, like, internet culture and all that stuff. And, but a lot of it also has to do with, once again, the medium that was imagining um, the metaverse as the, as the ideal of what people want from it. Aside from all the existential horror things of, like, brainwaves and like fucked up microwaves turning your brain into pudding of something like um essay of Sora Online 
or even barring something like um say a dot hack scenario where your consciousness is is ripped from your body and like installed in a video game in a mmo or even the kind of true existential horror that they come up with which is really fascinating if you've never seen log horizon i encourage you and you in any way are interested in like craft an mmo style anime definitely go check it out i'm just gonna give you the hook of what the consequence is for when you die in that universe so spoiler if you don't want to hear it just like fast forward maybe a couple minutes but basically the consequence for dying in log horizon is that you lose your memory and they have a really pretty excellent explanation of how they propose that this works and why this proposes of the that this works this way and it becomes this like horrifying thing because eventually you meet a character named Krusty who has just before anybody knew what the hell was going on in here he had died so many times like more times than you would expect and now he's forgotten whole parts of his life and he and he's like he talks about what are clearly family members that like he only vaguely remembers and it becomes this horrifying thing that is a consequence of dying in this world that until recently no one had any understanding of no one had any realization of but what log horizon really gets right and what what log horizon gets right and what many of the other metaverse conversations in anime especially like especially like sao although sao starts to get there in gun gale is it gets the idea of expression of one's true self expression of one's idealized self really right so talk about this i'm actually going to go into full spoilers for log horizon for a second so once again if you have any interest in watching the show the spoiler won't ruin it for you but when you meet the character you'll be like oh oh you come to find out that a minor that a like um slightly major side character who is a teenager in the world of law in log horizon is disabled in real life he hit him and his sister play this game to bond and to feel like they can play as equals because his sister is a fully able-bodied normal teenage girl in reality but toya the um character in question is actually in a real in a wheelchair in real life and once he's in once they're trapped in the um in the in the mmo world um he he goes, he's cool with it. He he doesn't it doesn't bother him because what's happened is through being trapped in the MMO, which is called Elder Tale, he'd been removed from his body and removed from the limitations of his life as a disabled person. As a, and not as a disabled person as you would think of it in America, where there's like wheelchair ramps and shit everywhere. As a disabled person in Japan, where they had to Pretty recently, like within the last 
century past a actually within the last like couple decades i believe path of past legislation to make disabled people have the same rights as everybody else one of the things that lots of people in america don't understand about other countries is that when you are disabled in other countries there's nothing protecting you from discrimination not really there are places are starting to catch up but there's not there hasn't been infrastructure for years and there hasn't been like the ada here has created this punitive structure where they can strip you down to strip you down to the floorboards if you don't follow ada protocol like it like i encourage you to go read the nightmare that is the ada like the actual ada act and what happens to you if you don't go along with ada regulations it's bad it's so bad and as a physically disabled person out there in the world i i deeply love that it it's so like it's meant to strip companies of everything they are if they don't like just make a wheelchair ramp into their corporate offices like it it's wild how like no way out of this this thing is it's great but oftentimes even with all that stuff lots of disabled people myself included find a lot of reprieve from our from the trials and tribulations of of not even being disabled and having to like work out things in the world but being disabled and walking around in the world so in VR chat if you've never played the very particular way that you have to walk in VR chat and that is and you can actually use a controller to do this but it looks totally it looks it looks totally inhuman when you use a controller almost on purpose um you use the hand controllers and just jump the thumbstick so oftentimes what will happen is you'll see people like with their hands out in front of them walking around it's not that abnormal and also there's all kinds of glitches. So like no one looks at someone's avatar and says, oh, you're clearly disabled. Unless it's a gag, unless oftentimes it's a gag avatar or it's a specialty avatar. Like there are specialty avatars that um are specifically designed to mimic the way of blind people see, which is sounds terrifying to me, honestly. But what that does in that in that way is it a it frees and i've done an interview about this for a study actually uh, for an academic study um it frees disabled people up to be to have the freedom of what could what could interactions look like if my body wasn't my body if if i was different if i was more normative and that's really that's really an interesting and valuable experience for people to have. This also applies to people who want to experiment with gender, people who want to experiment with build, frame, any kind of thing. It in actuality, what V what VR chat what the like what one's presence in a in a metaverse in the way that it's that something like even Facebook wants it to be means is it means 
that your personality and your consciousness are separate from whatever is representing you physically and visually. And Log Horizon does this multiple times when it's talking about when it's talking about the realities of what would happen if you now had to exist permanently inside of essentially a metaverse. If your consciousness were transferred from your physical body into your digital body. Um, the very first way it does this is it does this with um a character named um named uh named named Akisuki. And you realize that Akisuki is Akisuki is like when you first meet them, when you first meet her, actually, when, this is very important. When you first meet her, they're playing this character who is this big, lanky, evil looking ninja. And they freak out and they like ask, they ask um Shiro specifically for a unique potion that allows you to like for an item that allows you to reassign the gender of your character and redesign your character. And once she does that, then it's when you meet the like cute, lowly, actual female version of Akitsuki. And everybody's kind of like, oh shit, you're like, are you really that young? She's like, no, I just thought this was cute, but like I am I am actually a woman in real life and it freaked me out to like be ported, have my consciousness ported from my body that has female parts to my body that has male parts. And it's just, it's just like, hey, wouldn't this be freaking weird? And the reality is, yeah, probably. You also have characters like um, Nyata, who is like a, who is a cat person. You have a character in Petra who you're not sure by the time you meet Petra how this went down, but Petra is a tra is what you would refer to in anime as, as a trap character. She is a man who, for all outward purposes, or I'm going to say he is a man who, for all outward purposes, reads as a woman. And kind of like acts cutesy and fun and in traditionally and as traditionally feminine like actions and stuff like that. But everyone understands that Petra is not a woman. Doesn't, but also doesn't address it in a way that's a key point. And one of the like magical things kind of about VR chat is like, yes, you encounter tons of 13 year olds, but like you'll also encounter like full-grown dudes playing as little anime girls and it's fine and nobody nobody quite like the the most questioning you'll get is oh i like that avatar would would you find it and then you have a whole conversation about how you found your avatar and in one of the v in the in one of the bigger vr chat groups that i'm i've been part of for a while now um it's a thing called vr chat agents it's just a bunch of people who are 18 plus specifically who have who love VR and like we get together I'm probably gonna get together with them tonight and hang out and talk and all that stuff and it it often becomes this like parade of what's your weirdest avatar like what's what's the weirdest thing you can wear to the party <laughs> because we all know that like these are just like things we can use to express ourselves things that we find interesting cool shit like stuff like 
um, a friend of mine from the ancient has an avatar where like the entire center like cavity of the woman of the avatars of the female form's body is open and you can like go up and you can like poke their organs and they jiggle like poke their intestines and they wiggle around it's bizarre why would you ever want that but also like guys the limit come on let's go <laughs> and the last thing i want to talk about here is really the um the thing that vr chat borrows from the last show that i've only barely mentioned here and that is dot hack in dot hack the mechanic that you use to go to different levels or worlds which is a mechanic you use to go to different parts of the to different places in vr chat that's the way that's the way they can essentially make a chat room with a physical space if they have people who create worlds they also have people who create avatars but they have people who create worlds and you can go to that world and each world has a cap and that cap can be anywhere from like five people to like i think the max is like 60 or something currently but if you have a private world you can far exceed that and you can cram like 140 people in a world meant for 40 people and it always goes badly it's a nightmare but um and there's ways to mitigate that absolutely but it's still that's crazy but in dot hack the way they handle physical spaces in the way they handle virtual like virtual physical space is probably much more it's really much more what everybody's kind of come to the same conclusion of there's no There's probably not a whole lot of ways to get enough server space and have those servers run cleanly to have a continuous space that would map over, at least as of yet, that would map over the entire world that would function cleanly that everybody could just do whatever the hell they wanted. So the compromise lots of VR that met that much of the VR community had much of the VR games that do this have come up with it's essentially worlds. And you see this in VR chat in the best way in VR chat or a game if you want to be more indie about it, like Cluster, which is a, a which is a higher graphics intensity version of VR chat that is not as popular because it is uniquely Japanese, but it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. And what that looks like is you have a specific address in some way. And um, in .hack, they use three keywords and at, like adding the keywords up determines what the world will be. And you, if you remember the three keywords, they can be like, that's a specific address you can go back to. In VR chat, it's similar. You need the name of the world and then you need the instance number that's, a, that's accompanied by that name to like go find your friends and they have a whole system for that but what everybody wants is they want a continuous layer and just the amount of stuff that would need to happen for the, like a continuous second layer for essentially for a second life scenario to happen is so big and would need to accommodate so much more than you realize that it's it can't really get there. So currently we're at the like 
oh, you can go to specific, almost like a specific web address, but it's a virtual space for you to exist and like mess around in. And the others, but the but now I want to talk about for a little bit, and then I'll leave it off. Um, what the what these what these shows that best show a virtual world kind of ignore for for good reason because these virtual world shows like Log Horizon, like Dot Hack, like um, like of uh, sort of online the thing they ignore is they, they ignore the aspects of it that are like how do you moderate this how do you how do you how do you control for bad act how do you control for truly bad actors um and actually a lot of dot hack um dot hack I forget which dot hack, but there's a dot dot hack liminality because there's a bunch of dot hack series and video games. But the majority of dot hack liminality is about the consequences of their of there being bad actors in this system that created the problem that is people going to comas and their consciousness being trapped in the world, which is the dot hack like version of an MMORPG. And what you do about that and what you do when the ball's already rolling and how you stop it and how you combat it and how you stand up to power and corporations and all that stuff. But stuff like um, VRChat has a very extensive um, and EULA or end user license agreement that like states all these things you can and can't do, states all these things you can and can't do in terms of like, you know, Vir virtual relationships, virtual um, intimate relationships, you know, racism, sexism, the whole nine. But they, they're protected by, like anybody else's, by Section 230. But, and they are, but they have also been burned by people finding, like, Club B is a really popular world in VR chat. And Club B was built as a virtual brothel. It is really beautiful it is really immaculate it's sought through all the like different like rooms and hotel rooms have like are really like thoughtfully designed it's got a seam seeming to its design it changes every holiday season wouldn't be a bit surprised if they had a bunny girl thing going for easter but it's a place meant for characters to meet up with other characters for intimate experiences including but not limited to what they call erotic role player ERP and those when that got exposed it was like all over the BBC for a while people were freaking out because they saw it like every 13 year old who had a headset was encountering this and certainly they could have been but that but what VR but VR chat and its developers have like decided to do is allow that to exist to some extent because you got to take the bad with the good. You got to like, and you got to roll with the punches because that stuff existing also allows a lot of other kinds of creativity and expressivity to exist in a way that isn't true of something like Horizon World, which 
doesn't allow legs, so you have really no, you have no, like, male-female, you have no real acknowledgement of male-female body parts below the waist in VR, in, um, in meta-horizon world. And everybody was really stunned at, like, it's like, oh, they're too lazy to make legs. I'm like, no, this might be a reason that they don't want to, because as soon as they make legs, they have to make everything below the waist and that's that's where creepiness comes in <laughs> like that's that's where you have to have a conversation about like well should we make the butts different between a female avatar and a male avatar should we allow people to control their waistline like all this other nasty stuff that isn't really all that nasty but it can be if you're not careful about it and generally speaking the right answer to that is to just let everybody do what they want and like moderate out the creeps and of course like if someone's getting harassed give them an abundance of tools to report people and protect themselves but the other option is just don't acknowledge it at all and the so Dot hack really focuses on like the bad actor scenario, but stuff like horizon like log horizon or SAO doesn't because necessarily other than the like inciting incident of um of of both of those shows and later on there are specific players who have revealed to be bad actors in SAO specifically. Um they don't that's not the story they're trying to tell. That's not what they're concerned with. If you look at dot hack liminality specifically, that show is a show about like fighting back against the corporation, really. It's not even a show really about being trapped in a video game. The, the video game is never actually shown in that show. It's one of the most fantastic things about it. But it's just I, so like if you are looking to understand what the metaverse what people want out of the metaverse i think that like yeah you can look at snow crash yeah you can look at ready player one but i think then the same way that so many conversations about the metaverse leave out vr chat i think we have to start considering the kind of modern text of anime of Sora online of you know um log horizon of dot hack of dot hack of like the whole dot hack like universe and if you look at stuff like no crash if you look at stuff like ready player one the things that are most often associated with the metaverse in terms of like a literary canon those things acknowledge anime those things those things acknowledge like anime and otaku culture because this stuff has always been together and i think I think it's really I think it's really odd that lots of people are who would understand that art imitates life are like not if they're not if they are acknowledging that like stuff like Sora Online are out there or Log Horizon are out there they're not bringing it up enough they're not having that conversation like you don't you I have no doubt no doubt 
that a weirdo like Mark Zuckerberg has consumed, probably sort of online, and Log Horizon in his like attempt to understand what he wants his metaverse to look like. But he never brings it up. And I know there's a certain like advantage to doing that that way, but I think it's important that we at least that if you're ever like in front of somebody and like you're having conversations about the metaverse or or even VR, not even the metaverse, because that's that's the like corporatized variant of it. If you're having conversation about VR, you should bring up Log Horizon. You should bring up Sora Online. Sora Online easily comes up by itself because it's much more of a one-to-one, but you should bring up something like Log Horizon um, or .hack because anime hasn't really solved for this, for this thing, but it has gotten a heck of a lot closer and taken a heck of a lot harder look at the concept than lots of other media has bothered to. Then, like, the amount of consideration to how a virtual space that you can live in would function is a whole hell, especially when it's built by a company that's not, like, the fantasy nerd company, when it's built by, like, people who would build a product to ship, is a whole lot more true to life in something like Log Horizon than it is in Ready Player One. Ready Player One is and re- and ready and Ready Player Two is this like weird eighties nerd sci fi high five fest. And that's one of the reasons why it became so popular. But as a functioning product it does it leaves a lot to be desired and yes um and yes um Sora online does as well like you can go watch um Jeff Sue's videos about why Sora online is a shitty video game over on his um YouTube channel but log horizon feels fleshed out it feels real and it, like it it's very clear that there was a story written for this video game and they the show pretty early on has consequences that the characters have to face. We're just straight up not engaging with the story. <laughs> for for not engaging with the story when once the world becomes real. So like there's a event that they skip out on and they're like, oops, we skipped out on that. That's ah, probably fine. And then it's not. Because the, the this virtual world has become real with consequences. And you come to the realization that like, oh, people weren't ever, like only these characters were skipping out on stuff at time because they already did those quests. But people were consistently doing those quests. And now that the like the clock has been like has started at this specific time when that quest comes up and everybody else is like, Oh, my hands are real and I gotta eat bread. There's no one to handle it. So it goes off the rails, as it may always have been possible of doing, but because there were always new players to do that quest, it never happened. And it's just something with that kind of thought process and that kind of realization of concept is valuable in the case of thinking about what a real meaningful existence in virtual reality could look like.
And on that note, if you like this podcast slash video, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can hit the bell and the like below for every time I release a new video. Or if you're listening, you can subscribe in whatever app you're using to listen to me right now. If you would like to watch the Sunday editions, once again, there'll be a link to the podcast and the YouTube video and the YouTube channel in the podcast episode. So definitely go check both of those out in both directions. I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio. I will talk to you on... This has been Lunchbox Radio Sunday edition, sorry. And I will talk to you on Thursday.